0: Good morning and welcome to A Taste of Torah. Today we will explore the Parsha of Yisro, a very dramatic and exciting Torah portion, the Torah portion that the majority of the Parsha discusses, the giving of the Torah at Sinai to the Jewish people, the the most significant, the most important event in Jewish history. But before we get into the giving of the Torah, the first couple readings discuss Moshe's father-in-law. We are already familiar with Yisro from earlier in the Torah, When Moshe flees Egypt, he travels to Midian. He ends up marrying Yisro's daughter, Tzipara, and he for many years serves as the shepherd of Yisro. At that time, Yisro is a priest of all sorts of idolatry back in Midian. In fact, tradition tells us if there was an idol out there, at some point in time, Yisro dabbled and explored in it. He was respected by others. He was seen as a leader. But now in the events following the exodus from Egypt, Yisro hears the news about the splitting of the sea and the Jewish people's victory over Amalek in last week's Torah portion, and he decides right then and there, he's leaving his home behind in Midian, he's coming to join the Jewish people. The Torah tells us that when he joins the Jewish people, he brings with him his daughter, Moshe's wife, Zipporah, as well as Moshe's two children. Now keep in mind that Moshe had left his wife and kids when he was summoned to go to Egypt to begin his mission in freeing the Jews from Egypt. It was his brother Aaron that said, we have enough Jews in Egypt right now who are under the jurisdiction of Pharaoh. Why in the world would you want to bring any additional person into Egypt more than necessary? Leave your family back behind in Midian. And indeed, that is exactly what happened. And they were not present at the exodus of Egypt. It is only now when Yisro is coming into the Jewish camp that he brings Moshe's wife and children. Moshe warmly greets his entire mishpacha. He gives Yisro a tremendous amount of respect And Yisro now praises Hashem in front of everyone and says, after all the exploring that I've done in my life, now I know that Hashem is the truth. The Torah then jumps into a major contribution of Yisro to the Jewish people. There's much discussion in the commentators as to whether or not this incident happens right after he comes into town or at a later point in history, long after the Torah was given. Whatever the event, the Torah puts it over here while we are on the subject of Yisro. But Yisro sees Moshe judging the Jewish people. Whenever there is some uncertainty as to what is the Torah law, a subject matter that needs further explanation and elucidation, it is Moshe that explains it. When two people are in an argument and need a judge to rule on their case, it is Moshe that is the judge. And Yisro sees this and says, this is not sustainable. No matter how great you are, Moshe, you cannot be the one leader of the Jewish people. And the parsha goes on to explain an entire system that Yisro establishes of various levels of judgments. And all court cases, all Torah questions up for discussion are going to begin on the lower level and only if the lower judges do not know do they get upgraded to the higher level judges to the extent that the hardest and most difficult of all issues approach Moshe. And indeed, Moshe asks Hashem and Hashem says he should listen to the advice of Yisro and this system of judges is established. This is the great contribution of Yisro in the Parsha. Nonetheless, a major Question comes out of this Torah reading, and this is going to be our spiritual takeaway. Majority of this parsha is going to discuss the Ten Commandments of the giving of the Torah to the. Jews. While Moshe's father-in-law certainly plays a role in the story of the Jewish people, and it's beautiful that the mishpacha rejoins Moshe, it's still odd that this story is specifically placed prior to the giving of the Torah. And in a sense, it goes more than that. Yisro gets the naming rights on the most significant Torah portion at all. Typically, typically the name of any Parsha should highlight the central idea of that Parsha. And in this case, that just doesn't seem to be the case. Yisro seems to be a story that is highly insignificant in relation to the events of later in the Parsha. There are several answers to this question, but this one is my favorite. When Yisro joined the Jewish people, he was not there because he had to be there. He was not there because he was taken out as a slave like everyone else. He wasn't there because God elevated him from slavery to an exalted nation, at which point the Jews really had very little choice in the matter to accept the Torah or to be present at all. After all, Hashem himself took them out of Egypt. And he wasn't there because he didn't have anything to lose. He had a lot to lose. He had a very significant life, a respected life in Midian. He left behind his great home, his influence and his power to become a commoner amongst the Jewish people because he sensed a truth and he wanted to be part of that truth. He was moved. His heart was inspired. He felt there is MS, there is something incredible taking place, and I want to be part of it. He chose his Judaism, and therefore he is seen as the quintessential convert. Is it therefore not meaningful? that this event happens before Sinai, because at Sinai, Judaism is going to become our institutionalized religion. We accept a constitution and enter into a mutual covenant with Hashem that we will be His people. And from then on, Judaism is not going to be altered by anyone's individual beliefs or dispositions or inclinations. Our traditions are going to be established and etched from Shabbos to Matzah to Tefillin. The Torah that we have today is the very same Torah that was given at Sinai. And this Eternal nature of Torah is what makes Judaism so incredible that when we have a bar mitzvah, we can tell the boy that this tefillin is the same tefillin that the Jews have been putting on for thousands of years. That is the beauty of a tradition. But there's also the danger that when something is institutionalized and fixed for generations, it's subject to the pitfalls of being robotic, of being monotonous. When you do the same thing year after year, it can, God forbid, become dull and meaningless. Indeed, this is one of the challenges so many people have with institutionalized religion because they say it cripples creativity and dulls the senses. It turns us into narrow creatures worshiping God in a status quo way, taking away that passion. Of course, it doesn't have to be this way. We can find relevance and freshness and newness in the same old Torah. We can approach a mitzvah today with a newfound appreciation the way it relates to the 21st century. I can learn Torah and see how it speaks to my challenge. To my psyche. This is one reason why the story of Yisro is inserted before the giving of the Torah. The Torah is cautioning us. Always remember Yisro. Never take Hashem for granted. Never become comfortable with who you are. Never just become a routine Jew. Indeed, Moshe later tells Yisro, Stay with us. You will be our eyes. You give us perspective. When other Jews see the passion in which you approach your Judaism, it rubs on us as well. And so every year before the giving of the Torah, we read the story of Yisrael to challenge us. Are we ready to open up our hearts to a Torah that challenges us? Earth and earth?